Thanks for joining the Welcome to Consciousness podcast where we are raising consciousness together. We'll be discussing all things consciousness, awakening, healing, purpose, and so much more. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe or like, or you can follow us along on Instagram or check out our website. Let's get started. Well, g'day there. Thanks again for tuning in to Welcome to Consciousness. I'm here with my friend, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle, for joining us today. Absolutely, Michael. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'm just going to tell you a bit about Kyle. So Kyle is a leadership coach. He's an Ayurvedic counsellor and facilitator who merges the intersections of life's ordinary pursuits of purpose, pleasure, prosperity and peace to help individuals lead their life in integrity with their soul calling. I love it already. Kyle's approach mixes modern coaching that is transformational and trauma-informed with holistic Vedic wisdoms of Ayurveda, yoga, dharma, manifestation, and more. Kyle is passionate about using his approach to help men, ex-athletes, and holistic entrepreneurs to rewire their mental and emotional energy to work for them as they answer their calling and manifest their dreams from ever to earth. Over the last 14 years, Kyle has helped over 1,000 individuals be better versions of themselves through his professional journey as a college football coach, a physical education teacher, college academic and career advisor, Ayurvedic counsellor, men's work facilitator and leadership coach. He was born in San Diego, was an MVP of his college football team, loves adventures both big and small, sees himself as a student of life on a perpetual assignment and has been a full-time nomad living out of his DIY van conversion for the last two years. And there's a lot packed into that. So I'm really excited to hear about your story more and your journey and how you came to experience consciousness. And was that always a part of your life or did it happen at some part of your journey? Yeah, thank you. And, um, yeah, like I said, my background, I would say consciousness was not, and the idea of consciousness that I have as it now was not always a part of my journey. I grew up in San Diego, California, um, number three of four children to my parents. And uh, we, I grew up in a Christian family and we were very active in the church and I was very active in sports. So there was this religious spirituality and, but not a form of consciousness in terms of like understanding probably my um, relationship to my inner knowing, my intuition, my higher power. It kind of felt in my journey, looking back, it was more of an external kind of like looking for guidance from God and, and kind of external source. And now my journey now is more of like being connected with, with that source through like my intuition, my consciousness and, and a practice of that. And a big, I th- shift for me was learning Ayurveda and learning its philosophy, Samkhya philosophy, Samkhya philosophy of consciousness into matter. So there's a whole big thing, uh, philosophy that kind of ties all the elements and, and souls together. So it helps us navigate this experience. And that I think has been the biggest uplift in my experience with consciousness. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that at some point, but I'm just wondering, like, what drew you into even being open to Ayurveda and, you know, because it's a bit out of the box for where you came from by the sound of it. Yeah, good question. Yeah. So it was, I think, around 2017, I was living in Humboldt, California, in Arcata, working at uh, the university in my academic career advising job at this point. And that area is very spiritual there's a strong indigenous presence with the weat tribe and yurok tribe there there's a lot of agricultural awareness progressiveness and i was starting to be more exposed to just living in rhythm with nature and agriculture and things so what really sparked me is trying to live in more rhythm Mm. through understanding seasonal foods so i got online and was searching like seasonal cookbooks Mm. that finding something that said like uh i think it was everyday ayurveda by kate o'donnell was one of the first ones i downloaded like the preview i think to kind of read it and then the overview talking about 
this holistic nature, nature, mind, body, spirit connection. Mm. There's no one size fits all really resonated with these type of aspects from the spiritual aspect Mm. and then got that book and kind of, so I slowly started getting another Ayurveda book. Like, uh, I think I got, um, idiot's guide Ayurveda by Sahara Rose, uh, was my second one. And then like Ayurveda self-healing by Vasant Lodge. So I started doing this self-study over the years of, of Ayurveda and it's, what drew me in was the living in more rhythm with nature and being interested in that. Mm. So I'd love to hear a bit more about that in terms of how Ayurveda works and yeah, those foundational principles, because from my understanding, and I've heard Sahara Rose teach a bit about this, but that Ayurveda is the oldest health system in the world or as we know it. And a lot of, from my understanding, the current health and well-being sort of movements and holistic health things, a lot of the foundation um, has come from Ayurvedic teachings and a lot of the principles and practices, but um, probably still missing the depth that Ayurveda has to offer. Yeah, I mean, Ayurveda is... What I think is beautiful about it is there's these universal truths that like when we hear them, it's like, oh, yes, like this, it's this consciousness, intuitive, like knowing of like, yes. And there's these subtle ways that we're like already doing things that are Ayurvedic informed, um, but it also is so deep and so vast and can be so scientific. So it's this beautiful mix. And I could probably step back and like explain Ayurveda for people who don't know what it is. So Ayurveda is a Sanskrit word from the Vedic lineage, sister science to yoga. So it's like a conscious health, like medical system, a conscious health system. Mm. And Ayur means life or living and Veda means knowledge or wisdom. So it's a life wisdom or living wisdom. It's also referred to as the science of life. But how we understand science with like this methodology and stuff is only a few hundred years old. So like, it's just consciousness. Mm. of how to live in balance mm. really so yeah the main philosophy how i've been taught is the sankhya philosophy and that is the journey of consciousness into matter mm. so that kind of goes from like our our aspect of a soul into the mind aspects the qualities of life the elements which then turn into the doshas and the faculties and humors and stuff to help us navigate this life. So you can talk to me a little bit more about that, but for Ayurveda, it's really a conscious health system that mm. helps us really tune into our intuition and, and find balance throughout the intersections and navigating the tides of life of what are we needing more of less of to bring that in. But, Mm. It can be over signed, like over analyzed, can be really, can be presented as very rigorous. Like dosha quizzes are the often kind of gateway for a lot of people into mm. Ayurveda. What's your dosha? Kind of like, he's like a personality type. And, but those, those doshas, really give us an insight to where our imbalances are and how to then bring those back to balance. Mm, so the whole point is the balance, the, the, yeah. whole, the wholeness of the balance. Yeah. And I think I hear people, and I did this too. It was like, what's when I got stuck in self-study, it was like, well, what's my dosha? What am I? Am I vata? Am I pitta? Am I kapha? And how do I then apply that? to like what i'm eating or what i'm doing like really what food is one of the main things and i got stuck there um and really feeling confident in how to apply that and it wasn't until the pandemic in 2021 until i did a ivory counselor program to really dive into it and have teachers and get connected to lineage and understand that Mm. um really started oh you know having that feedback and yeah So with the example of like um, eating and you said you got into it more because of like some of the seasonal eating and the the bringing balance into that, what are some practical examples of the way that that plays out and helps somebody create balance in their life? Yeah, so practical example to kind of give some framework is so people who maybe haven't heard of it is a piece of this philosophy 
is understanding the elements. So there's five elements, ether or space, air, fire, water, earth. And so all of nature is made up of these type of elements. They're in our bodies. They're in, there's the elements are in our minds, things like that. Mm. So then they have these combinations of like air and space is what considers movement. So you need space and you need air to kind of move through things. So that's vata, the Sanskrit word for that which moves things. So somebody who has a lot of space and air in their physical nature or in their life and their environment or the time of year, the time of day, if it's very spacey and airy, then that can would be a vata tendency. If there's fire and water, then that would be considered the pitta term mm-hmm. and fire being the dominant one. So fire and water both transform matter into different st- and they both are in different states. Um, so there's this pitta is the that which transforms things. And then kapha is the elements of water and earth. So water shows up again, but water is dominant in this kapha dosha. And that's what stabilizes things. So water and earth kind of like make clay or mud or things like that. So a tangible example would be one, when you do your dosha quiz, you're trying to understand like, what's your nature? What's more common in your tendency, both from a physical and mental level? And from that, then you can kind of have a general term of like what I'm doing. So if I have, I'm more of a pitta dosha I, more like pitta kapha resonate and um so I, we all have all the elements so we have all the doshas so we can all embody these different aspects and be out of balance or in balance in these things in different ways but knowing our tendency is helpful so for me if i'm more pitta if i have more fire in my nature i want to tend to stay away from like spicy food if i'm extra hot um want to be so- more mellow some more grounding spices like so like this morning i made um oats oatmeal and so instead of like i'm kind of i'm i'm noticing more kind of like indigestion some heat in my digestion so instead of adding cinnamon which is more of a heating i add some cardamom which is more grounding and cooling spice to that like that's Mm -hmm. a tangible example Mm -hmm. i want to make have something where i'm have water activities in my life more often um i want to do use different things like that to help focus and keep myself cool because i can have a tendency to kind of overheat Mm. that sense yeah so it's kind of like if you're getting too much of one thing and depending on your, your kind of personality body type then you can balance it out by with your lifestyle food choices I'm saying yeah. going to balance that. Yeah. One example is like if I'm pitta and I'm kind of noting a lot of irritation, I, I drink wine. Maybe if I drink red wine, typically backing off of red wine and trying white wine or something that's a little bit cooler because the the color and the red and the heat all do that. So yeah. as you learn the elements and their qualities and to know how to notice those things in your external environment and your internal environment, you can then use your consciousness, your intuition, like what's my body needing right now? Mm. Am I really sharp and light and kind of scattered? I need some really, maybe some cooling and grounding things or I'm feeling really lethargic and heavy and just kind of depressed out of it i might need to then add some fire in food or movement activity inspiration to get myself back into balance so it's all this finding balance and that's where the consciousness really comes in to it and how i strive to with my clients really bring that in and teach them how to do that Mm. because where i get see people get stuck is like oh i'm pitta so this is what i do or you know and it may work generally, but then how it's showing up in your day-to-day life in the seasons changes. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm in Northern California in Santa Cruz right now, zooming in and um, it's been overcast and it's cool. It's like in the upper fifties degree Fahrenheit. And we're, so in one aspect, you know, it's like making, if I didn't have less fire in my system, I might need to make sure that I'm, having a lot of extra spice in my food or warm food, make sure I'm having warm food, not cool food, Mm. Uh, things that aren't really super heavy or things like that. Um, 
but uh since i move on the move a lot i have a very movement vata lifestyle and vata is the the air and space is the aspects that are easiest to go out of balance because they're light right air you can move mm-hmm. it so you just kind of go out of balance so having routine having structure making sure i'm covering myself with a jacket keeping warm like i can be sensitive to those things yeah yeah and i've definitely experienced that like when i went through when i first started getting into personal growth i ate very light and i was eating a lot of salads and it was like i had a real detox and it yeah. went for over a year and i was doing that but then i started realizing that it wasn't really, I was going out of balance again. And I started understanding a little bit of Ayurveda and realized I needed more warm foods to help me be more grounded and digest yeah. better and things like that. And it, it just helped me realize that a lot of the traditional um, Western diets and plans that are given are, are, can be quite rigid. And whereas Ayurveda has got this real flexibility to balance to what you need, to where you're at, to what season it is. And 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 it's every yeah. aspect of you. Yeah, my te- in my training, my teacher Tracy Webb always preached it's for whom and when. Like when you hear like, oh, this is healthy or this is good for you, it's like for whom and when. Like try and understand that aspect. Um, yeah, and really with the consciousness piece, like I start with you know, there's some educational pieces, understanding right some of the elements and these qualities. But it's really like trying, really turning into this consciousness and like, what is my body wanting? You know, what am I craving? What's going to help me bring to balance? What's serving me? Because sometimes we need to rest. We need to go into a really kind of contracted state. That's our best interest, especially in our go, go, go society and very active and competitive. And Mm. so we need some of that time and that's in our best interest. But it's it's, it's what is in my best interest and how am I going to return to balance is really Mm. some of the biggest questions to tune into yeah yeah and i love that that then it's also got that intuitive aspect as to what what you need and where you're going and i i guess the biggest challenge for most people is you know in our minds we want to attach to um a, a set of guidelines or rules or whatever but it does have that balance where it takes us beyond that wow. and and obviously that's a big part of Ayurveda as well is the, the energy and connecting to our souls. And, and does that all like tie in with even balance in our physical bodies and that kind of thing too? Totally. Yeah. That's a good kind of come back to the philosophy. So I'll try, I'll give a quick overview of this Samkhya philosophy of Ayurveda, like consciousness into matter. So it mm. believes we're, spiritual beings having a physical reality we are a soul in a physical body having a physical experience as part of the vedic system which does believe in incarnation so if you kind of visualize there's kind of like two entities kind of like an infinity symbol and one is like the witness like the wholeness and how i like to think about it is like the wholeness kind of contemplates itself like what is possible Right. And that's where like the separation happens of like unmanifest, like the witness aspect and then everything that is possible to manifest. And that's kind of like the big bang or like expansion that goes into everything Mm. that creates all consciousness, what they call Mahad or like chit Um, or it's like complete consciousness, all things that can exist do exist and in this spiritual dimension kind of more i think how you talk i've listened to your episode about 3d to 5d kind of more that 5d experience Mm. okay from that collective consciousness is an individual consciousness called the buddhi so this is like our intellect our intuition it's our individual soul because there's infinite abilities infinite versions of the collective that we're coming here to do so that's all this on the spiritual level of the soul consciousness Mm. so we have this kind of individual soul mission and then that's when there's this crossover into the physical realm that comes the ego the singular i that is separate and there's this my teacher draws this line there just like that's where it's kind of like crossing the river of consciousness where you kind of forget and you have to forget because, and the, 
to come in and then experience these things. So the ego is the first physical aspect of nature, of the individual eye that's here to experience life and realize what's best for that in this life. Mm. From the ego, there's these three qualities of life. They call them the three Mahagunas, three great qualities. And that's basically like action or passion. Like the ego wants to be expressed. Like it's like has this possibility. Now it's like, okay, what's out there? This kind of outward uh, nature, they call it Rajas, but it's really like energy kind of like out there. And then on the other side of the spectrum is this dullness, the stillness which they call tamas. And in the middle of that is sattva, it's peace, it's balance. So every, so from the ego, it create, there are these qualities of like action, inertia, kind of inaction, and then like the stillness in motion or the balance, the sattva. Mm. From, those, from those qualities comes then the elements, Right, because then that's okay. Those are the physical nature of the elements we talked about, and then the doshas of Vatapitakafa with those elemental qualities, and then like the um, faculties and uh, how we interpret those, and then the mind, because the mind in Ayurveda has four layers, and our sensory input, um, our ego, our then soul intellect or intelligence and then the collective consciousness and the mind is not just in the brain but more of like our whole being is part of the mind Mm. and that's where the different layers of that come in so there's a lot of different philosophies in that but hopefully that i tried to use some language that could be understandable not too much sanskrit but that's where like the soul being a collective and individual and then coming into the ego to be expressed the qualities and then those doshas and those aspects of the mind the mind is a tool that helps us interpret sensory input in our external environment and we have thoughts and emotions that are like keep us safe and keep us balanced or the, and then it's the consciousness that is tied to our all-knowing all our our powerful abilities as co-creators in mm-hmm. this world part of source that then interpret and kind of make choices to keep us balanced as possible. And by being as balanced as possible, we can then be tuned in. We can live more of our Dharma, which is in alignment with what we're here to do, how we're here to express, how we're here to give back, use our, use our unique gifts to Mm. better society and to better ourselves on our journey. So Mm. hopefully that's enough tangible idea to this philosophy we're taking a quick break if you're an entrepreneur out there who wants to live your life and business from your true passion purpose and connection then i only invite you to the conscious entrepreneurs network our first event is in june 2023 but if you head to the website you'll get information on the next upcoming event this is all about community, connection, and support with other conscious entrepreneurs. And I guess I'd probably love to hear a bit about, then you said you had this journey of opening up to Ayurveda and to, you know, broadening, I guess you're broadening your mind at that stage. But then what was that experience for you like then to connect with your own consciousness more and to evolve and to change and to embody more of your soul into into your mind and your ego and your lived experience? Um, Yeah, just more of your personal journey with that. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, um, I mentioned like my first aspect of being Ayurveda was like to live more rhythm with nature and find seasonal foods and stuff. The one that really made me go deeper and sign up for an Ayurveda counselor program during the pandemic was to trust my intuition more. Mm. So like in my journey, I'll say, yeah, I'll show this story. Like during the pandemic, 
I was felt like I was living my purpose. I was six years now at working at the university as an academic and career advisor, specializing in helping undeclared, exploring, undecided students figure out what path they wanted to go on mm. in life. So super fulfilling. I love the di- diversity of it and working with young adults and getting them on a trajectory that felt aligned for them. Um, during the pen, there was already this kind of brewing in me of like, what am I doing next? I was working with my supervisor kind of over a year of like trying to see how I projected and I would look at myself in the university and like things that on paper seemed good. It just didn't feel right within me. Then the pandemic happens and in lockdown and working from home and it was still fulfilling, but just like, I was just like, ah, I need to get out. And I remember this aha moment or this kind of awakening or as the Vedas would say, this Psalm Vega moment. I was jealous of people that were getting laid off. And I was like, man, if I just had six months to just figure out what I want to do. And I was like, whoa, it kind of just like hit me. I was like, that's not cool. <laughs> like I'm giving, I'm what, like one, I'm grateful. Yes. But then I also had enough learning to be like, there's some message here. And I'm kind of deferring to like, oh, I just want somebody to make a choice for me and give me this break and give me this space that I'm wanting. And then the guilt around that. Um, but this, so then I was like, okay, I need to figure out what I want and go create that. So I was on this journey of myself, of coaching myself and doing what I could to kind of, okay, how would I coach somebody through this and kind of going to coaching workshops and through the academic advising world and academia and getting little nuggets here and there. And it was through that process where I was like, I need to trust my intuition. Like I was so heady and like so good at organizing and figuring out like what's the pros cons and like goal oriented, like, Oh, I want this. Let me go get that. Like I had, I have that ability, that hit, uh, like nature in me, that fiery nature of like, I, I see what I want. I'm going to go get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really had to tap into more of the watery, intuitive, emotional intuition of just trusting what felt right. And that's what guided me to be like, to joining and, and signing up for an Ayurveda program. And when I did it, I, it sounded good because I could do, I could get certified and do some Ayurveda coaching and counseling. But I, number one, I was like, I feel like I need to do this. And um, it's for me. And that, I remember when I was like, had my clarity call with the teacher and I was like, this felt good. And afterwards I was like, well, why this one? What about this? Is this the best one? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like they meet like on Wednesdays at 3 p.m., which conflicted with some of my work schedule. And I remember like for a couple of days I was navigating. I was like, oh, I got to ask my boss if I can get this time off and flex it or something. And I ended up just being like, you know what? Like, just trust it. Just go. And I did that and signed up. And I signed up and paid before I even heard back from my boss. And I was like, I just believe I trust, I'm trusting it. And then, yeah, they were totally cool with me flexing my time and yeah does that yeah. kind of give you a little bit of example of some of the story and yeah I, like, I was in this identity crisis of i love what i do but like i'm not satisfied right now i was been successful i got an award that year for being an outstanding staff member for the stuff i was creating for undeclared students in the university mm. program and it there was this purpose there but there was also this like calling to like go do something else and so there's more layers to like what came after that but that was a huge leap of going into this program that was honestly very women-centered i was like one of two males in this 25 i think so cohort yeah and remember the first day the teacher was like doing spirit fingers and like doing this and i remember i was like what the f did i sign up (laughs) but the message for that with me was show up like presence and she and she did that he's like it's important to presence yourself and that was a key thing in me stepping up presencing myself which has led me to like sharing myself more on social media and doc my journey and mm. being here and speaking and like 
that nervousness and like, oh, like what the hell, um, following that. Yeah, and I love that you said, you know, like in your job, you felt you did have purpose, but then there was like this other layer of purpose that was calling you. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like there's purpose and then there's purpose. <laughs> everyone yeah like purpose and there's little p purpose like say like <laughs> one's like kind of the noun that's this culmination a big p purpose is noun or culmination of the how we apply it but like little p is like a verb how you live on purpose how you live with purpose and mm-hmm. so the, the applications of that change and i can see that in my career like i felt called to mentorship and coaching I was an athlete in college. So my first avenue in that was being a sport coach. Mm. Then it turned into a teacher. Then it turned into, I want to help people actually outside of sports and figure out what they want to do with their life. And I found myself to advising and helping that. And now it's doing more Dharma work and really like what, instead of like what, what I want to do when I grow up, it's really like getting to the core of that of like, why am I here? Mm. Or like I call it the calling, what am I being called to? And that Dharma, that calling helps guide you on the journey. And mm. that's a huge thing of like crisis and then like following the calling. Mm. Yeah. And for anyone listening that doesn't know Dharma, it really is your soul's purpose. It's your most truest sense of who you are. How else would you explain that? Yeah, it was Dharma being right, like how to live in right action. Like it's righteousness, right? Um, so I understand it and apply it. It's this force that gives you the clarity to live with purpose, live on purpose. And the applications of how we do that in our families, in our communities, in our jobs can change mm. and will change. Mm. Based yeah. on the time of life we're at, based on our skills, based on what our community needs. Because our dharma, as Deepak Chopra talks about, is has three layers of knowing who I am, like my authentic self, yep. cultivating my gifts, and then expressing them, sharing them with the world. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. And there and everyone's got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all have this energy inside of us, this dharmic energy that uh, is that driving force that has that calling, that has this consciousness tied to it, mm. and this into this internal intuition that guides us, and our ability to listen to, understand like recognize this intuition, understand it, and then being able to act on it, honor it is the skill that we figure yeah. out and practice. And that's what really takes trust because then you you may end up leaving your job that makes sense and that you'd still enjoyed and be taken on this journey that's a bit out of the box and a bit into some things that maybe aren't as easy to translate into Western culture. And yeah. And so why do you think you've been called on this journey? Because there's always like a, a, a greater purpose in things. Sometimes we yeah. know, sometimes we're waiting to find it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, what's coming to me is just when I had my talk with my supervisor, my boss at the university about like, letting them know I was going to actually finally leave. One, I've been taking these long walks from the pandemic, listening to music, listening to podcasts. And I remember like this subtle kind of energy is like, what I need to do? And it's like, it's time to move on. I need to move on. And I'm like, when I hit that, it's like truth bumps. Like my my body just goes, and it's like, oh my God, that's so truth and so scary. Like, what do you mean? So like, I remember I heard it a few times before I was like, got the courage to really like figure out what I need to do and send an email, ask for a meeting and tell my boss. And in the meeting, where finally was like, yeah, I need to leave. And here's the day it's going to be. I remember we were expressing gratitude. We were crying. We were really close and um, they were really supportive of me. And she was like, I'm not trying to con- can convince you otherwise, but why are you leaving? Cause we were like expressing a lot of appreciation and gratitude. And I was like, I just need to, you know, like that's what came out. And I was like, I just need to. So 
Um, That was a big moment of trust. And in that journey, it was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I didn't have this vision fully planned out of like me having my own business and coaching and and using Ayurveda. Like none of that. I mean, there are seeds of wanting to do that in there, but it was started with me leaving my job to go travel my van full time. Mm. It was kind of wanderlust. But deeper than that was believing in myself. Mm. I need to cut the cord, take the leap, step in the unknown, and believe that I could create this live life I was dreaming of. Mm. That's so this trust, this belief. So why, I, yeah, I'm called to this deeper in some of my personal story, like to go really back into like why I'm called to mentorship and coaching and counseling mm. was one of my biggest losses has been losing my older brother 10 days before I was seven years old. My older brother who was nine at the time got hit by a car in an accident and, and died. So I lost my mentor, my big brother, Mm. and it put me in this perpetual pursuit of filling that void. Mm. And through school and through sports, I had teachers and coaches and even teammates and friends that kind of filled that void but it never really fully satisfied. Mm. And it wasn't until uh, identity crisis when I was done playing college football, where I was like, now I'm not an athlete. I'm not a football player anymore. What the hell am I? I remember I was watching ESPN and there was this documentary short And it was about this high school football coach who had had this long career. And they were highlighting how not not his success with his teams on the field, but the relationships he had built with his players and how he had been to their first child's births and their weddings and this and that. And I was like, that's what I want. I want these relationships. I want this. And it's had this aha moment of like, oh, there's other people like me that are seeking the support and I can be that for other people. Mm. And I need to do it from the inside out first too. Mm. So like being on my own journey of personal development and then also showing up and finding ways to mentor, support, coach, help people be the best versions of themselves. Mm. And so my journey has taken me in just different layers of like what's shown up. So mm. why I do it is like, and now I can talk to you like why I do is because it's what I feel called to do. And it's what like lights me up. And I've cultivated a lot of skills and gifts in my curiosity and being a good, you know, holding space and being a deep listener and asking questions that help people think in ways that they wouldn't have to when otherwise, and then all these different modalities from, physical education and health and Ayurveda and consciousness and yoga. So that's Mm -hmm. been part of the journey of why I've been called to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And I love that you shared, like it was really to believe in yourself and it's, and it's easy to portray yourself as confident when you're in a structured job and everyone else is giving that value and you've got a wage or whatever it is but often our souls do call us on a journey, which kind of make us face maybe our insecurities, our fears, our traumas, our disbelief in ourselves. And I, I can relate to that on my own coaching journey, thinking, oh, you know, the skill, well, that'll be easy enough. And realizing it is quite challenging to follow that soul path and to trust yeah. your intuition and to really believe in your true self. Yeah. And and I think men find that very difficult. I'm not sure what you've found with your work with men. Yeah, I think, well, there's this, in terms of like socialization as a male, there's this like need to know. There's just kind of extra like protection um, and kind of like this protection of vulnerability or like unknowing, right? So it's like really softening of that or like, this kind of very perfectionist, like gotta know what you're doing and gotta show up and gotta do this. And if I don't know, like how can I really protect and provide and and these types of things, some of these Mm. more primal sensory things. Mm. So 
Yeah, it's uh, a constant rediscovery of who I am because as part of nature, only thing constant is change, it's always evolving. We go through waves, there's waves where it's like less change than others, but then there's these identity crises, these, mm. these peak moments, these dark nights of the soul where we are no longer associating with like a past version of ourselves, but we don't really know what we are next. And that's, I think, where those dark nights of the soul or these crises come from. And then we have to really trust in the unknown and move forward without these sensory knowings. Like if you think of it and you're in the dark, you can't see. You have to rely on your other sensory inputs to mm. really guide. Mm. Yeah, totally. So, and we might have already covered it, but what would you say have been some of your biggest challenges of walking this more soulful, conscious path? Yeah, I think trusting the unknown through the identity crisis and like recognizing the calling, being able to interpret and understand the calling mm. and then building and cultivating the courage to like honor the calling, like take one right action at a time, right? That norm, like what's the next right action? Yeah. What is going to keep me in balance? What is going to be for my greatest good? And sometimes that greatest good is uncomfortable. It is growth. Hmm. It's not always pleasure and fun, but it's how am I cultivating my gifts? How, like, I think Sahara sometimes called like our challenges are like our soul's curriculum. Hmm. Does she say that? Yeah. Yeah. She says a lot of things like that. <laughs> yeah. So like a crisis, like is really like kind of tunes us into our calling and like challenges our curriculum, like our passions really point us to our purpose. There's a lot of cool alliterations yeah. on that. They have, they have truth to them. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's all part of the journey. Yeah. So I think trusting the unknown mm. for me, especially in these identity crises, trusting the calling that i'm i'm sensing and hearing and feeling in my body mm. and in my soul has been the biggest challenge but the more i become comfortable in trusting myself and being able to navigate internally and like my responses to that through my emotional intelligence then i become more comfortable in handling whatever happens externally however mm i am going to apply this trusting that it will happen trusting that the how will present itself mm. I'm what i want and i stay aligned to that as well as possible and believe in that and let my emotional intelligence my intuition guide me the how will present itself in like next right thing next right thing next right mm. thing mm. Yeah, I love that. And so it really is that trust uh, yeah. and going beyond the mind that has to, you know, know everything and letting go of that. So I'd love to hear, like, you've told us a bit about your business, but if you want to tell us a bit more about, you know, what you do and who it's for and how it helps people and that kind of thing, because I think this kind of work's really needed because a lot of people are looking to the traditional kind of things if they've got health or career challenges or lack fulfillment or purpose and and just how um what you do could really help someone or, or similar things can help someone yeah i think yeah it's i mentioned like i'm a coach i do a lot of leadership coaching on two levels where i help people who are already leaders really tap into their personal power we do a lot of emotional intelligence work so i use ayurveda as a foundation understanding their constitution and what their strengths are in that and how their lifestyle choices can help keep them balanced and in their power. And we do a lot of, a lot of emotional intelligence with some processes I call emotional care, care being an acronym for embodying that and really caring for our needs and being our, and knowing like what our real needs are. Mm. And then there's communication. I use calm as an acronym for communication that pulls in different NVC principles and, then there's these clever solutions. So it's like building trust with the people. So there's this leadership aspect of having helping male leaders who are in leadership positions really tap into their personal power through their emotional intelligence. Mm. And then on the other side of leadership coaching is really helping people be leaders of their own life, like lead their life in integrity with their soul's calling to really manifest 
their dream version of themselves of their business from this ether to earth mm. and again utilizing some ayurveda as a foundation and then using different coaching techniques in terms of mindset manifestation career advising entrepreneurial skills to help them in being the best person best partner best parent best business owner mm. that they can be so mm. that hopefully that that's kind of off the cuff not the marketing lingo of like yeah. <laughs> no i love it people. and um you know, it's conscientious people who are very intentional about their living. They are already emotional, intelligent. A lot of my clients one-on-one are successful, but they're not satisfied. They're just coming through this evolution, like rediscover themselves. Or they have this vision, this calling, how do I get there? And they want that support with a sounding board and a guide to help bring that to life. Mm. And uh, yeah, have a passion for helping men, definitely, especially with emotional intelligence. You know, a lot of the people I work with start with like, I don't even know what I need. And like, I'm not showing up and yeah. like wanting to really tap into that emotional intelligence, that awareness, that consciousness. Ex-athletes, because I was, I was a big piece of my identity crisis of what do I do now? Like, how do I transfer all these skills, like rediscovering self and how to apply that into a new calling? a new purpose after yeah. a sports career mm. and then the holistic coaches, counselors, entrepreneurs, like I said, in the, in the bio is people who, and this is anybody I work with women too, and bringing, yeah, this dream, bringing, bring offerings to life and doing that work. So for people mm. one-on-one, I have a group membership that I run where we meet weekly and then I do various speaking engagements and trainings and workshops, uh, in person and online. So it's kind of been a beautiful mix of like my teaching, my coaching, my counseling and all, all rooted in this having Ayurveda as a philosophy and these, these modern like mindset transformational aspects. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And it's like what you said, it's trusting your intuition. So for someone that's meant to go down this path, well, you will know, and you've got to take the next right step. And it's that step. And whether it's with uh, someone like you or someone similar, it's like your soul will call you forward onto that next step. Yeah, I tell people like, when you're feeling a resonance with somebody, like someone's going to resonate with you someone's going to resonate with me. We do very similar things, but it's like, who has the impact you're doing? Who has the the application that you're inspired by? Who do you you resonate with and like helps bring out your best version of yourself? Because that's as a coach, Mm. there's some education equipment, but it's really to help them be the best version of themselves. When I was a sport coach and I'm coaching running backs Mm. at Humble University, I never played running back, but I had to, I had enough of the awareness to help them become the best running backs they could be because I, I can't be on the field for them mm. right so I can, I can give them the fundamentals i can give them techniques i can give them strategy but at the end of the day they got to go play and um so that being an analogy like i used to say with my players like hey if you break a rule make a play so it's like when you kind of go out there and you kind of just go trust something like make it worth it and uh and if it doesn't then just reassess and kind of go and that was how i like to do it of just like um letting them play free and not be too robotic and too like because they have to go out there and play and yeah um, so now in coaching it's like yeah try that like you know helping them set the intention giving you know knowing the fundamentals knowing the mindsets the breath work you know what the lifestyle is having a goal but go experiment like go do this and when you learn that it's not really what you thought it was or what you need anymore, then okay, let's shift. Yeah. 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 I absolutely love that. And sports, such a good analogy for life and for being in the moment. Yeah. And trusting that. And yeah, I'm getting more involved because my, I've got four sons and they're, they're getting into Australian rules football. So I've gotten quite involved with the football club and yeah, there's so many parallels. <laughs> It's so oh, good. Yeah, there's so many microcosms uh, for life. You can yeah, find yeah. any. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if you were to give someone out there just one piece of advice for their journey with consciousness, what would that be? If you haven't already said it. Yeah. Um, 
it would be that believe in yourself and your dreams enough to like let them surprise you and mm. I, I think be kind to yourself be kind to your dreams like hold like hold hopeful expectation that like this could happen and allow the universe to surprise you and follow inspired action as much as possible and opportunities i think it's like how we react to opportunities really shapes mm. our life yeah absolutely i love that you said that well so what's the best way to connect with you for anyone that wants to reach out maybe hear more about what you do follow your journey yeah, it's pretty easy. It's a lot of my stuff's all my name, Kyle Jason Lightsky. So put it, I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes for because yeah. Lightsky's a tough one to pronounce, but my website. Um, but really, like if you're on Instagram, reach out, to, follow me and send me a message. Like I want to build a relationship with you, hear that you listen to this podcast and what stood out to you. So follow me on on instagram at kyle jason lightsky shoot me a message if you're not on instagram you can email me at support at kyle jason lightsky and my website is kyle shows all my services and things like that so yeah. um i'd love to start building a relationship with you if you learned about me through this interview and were inspired by something and have questions yeah fantastic excellent well, we're going to finish it there so thanks for listening in and look forward to having you again next week. And thanks for sharing all your wisdom and your heart and your knowledge and your journey with us, Carl. Thank you, Michael, for the opportunity. Pleasure to be here and share.